Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis, three lines from the bottom, Tanya. The Gemara brings a brisa that starts here and goes down almost to the end of Lamed Dalad Amud Aleph. It uh, ends three lines before the lines get wide there. So it's a very long brisa. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Bishloshim Mekomos, in three places, Nosei Kohanim Esha Arain. The Holy Ark was actually carried by the Kaihanim, not the Levim, but by the Kaihanim. Number one, Keshavruas Ayardain, that's what we're talking about here when the Jewish people initially uh, crossed over the Jordan River to take possession of the land of Israel. Number two, Keshahesivuas Yericho, very shortly after that, when they surrounded Jericho. And number three, Keshahesiruhu Lemekaimai, when they brought it back to its place. That's referring to, uh, there was an incident near the end of the 369-year period that it was kept in Shiloh. When the Jewish people went into Eretz Yisrael, shortly after they got there, they set up Shiloh, and for uh, almost 400 years, that was the place where there was a Mishkan that had kind of permanent walls, but maybe still Uriah. And, and anyway, the Aaron was there. The Aaron was uh, taken captive, captured by the Plishtim. We know they sent it back shortly, but by the time they sent it back, Shiloh had already been destroyed. And the Aron made a number of stops over quite a few decades until finally it was brought um, into um, the base of Migdash that uh, Shlomo had built. Continues the price of a Back to the Kohanim carrying it to cross over initially 3,340 years or so ago into Eretz Yisrael. Uh, once the Kohanim put their legs into the water and they're carrying the Aron, now this, remember, this is in um, April time. The, uh, if the Jordan River is raging at any time, it's probably in uh, April. They're crossing the Jordan, going from the East Bank, the current Hashemite Kingdom, to the West Bank, which is basically the uh, East Bank of Eretz Yisrael to the West Bank of Eretz Yisrael. They're crossing, and they had to get over. And the the water went back on itself. So if it's flowing from north to south... I don't know if it flowed the other way. It seems like uh, it basically started flowing up instead of across Shanamar, like the Pasuk in Yoshua says, when the carriers of the Ark came to the Jordan, the water stood, that was coming from uh, upstream, and it stood as uh, one pile. That must have been quite a pile of water. How much did that uh, water pile up? Uh, 12 mil, approximately 12 kilometers. That was quite a tall um, pile of water. Uh, because the Machni Yisrael, the entire encampment of the Jewish people, as they were traveling in that encampment uh, through the, uh, uh, when they would stop, it would be uh, uh, 12 mil by 12 mil. Divrei, that's according to Rabbi Yehuda, and I box Rabbi Yehuda. There is another opinion, which is going to be now uh, said by Amar Loi, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon. I boxed him. He says to Rabbi Yehuda, one second. You say the water piled up 12, let's call it 12 kilometers. And the Jewish people were 12 kilometers by 12 kilometers. That was their encampment. Lidvarecha, one second. Adam kal, omayim kalim. What's lighter? What's what's quicker? Uh Water flowing or people? Well, have you aimer mayim column? Usually it would be uh, water. Im cane, if that's the case, boyin mayim b'shefinoisam. If the water piled up till it got to 12 kilometers tall and then it started flowing, well, then the Jewish people hadn't yet crossed over into Israel and it would come and uh, it would flood them, uh, drown them. Ella melamed, what does this teach us? Shahayu mayim 
Nigdoshin ve'oilin. It actually piled and piled. Now, a gadish is usually like a pile of hay because hay is usually piled up. Water is not usually piled up, but this water piled itself up. Kippin algabe kippin piles and piles of water, like piles of hay or bales of hay. Yeser mi mil. I dot underline shloishmeois mil. Three hundred mil uh, tall. Ad shiraoisan until it could be seen by Kol Malche Mizrachumar of all the kings in the east and the west. And like the pasuk in Yoshua says, Vayehi, and it was Kishmei Kol Malche Hamori when all the Amori kings heard. Asher be Ebrayardin that were on the other side of the Jordan, Yama to the west, the Chomalcha Kanani, all the Canaanite kings, Asher Alayam, that were by the sea, Eis Asher Hoivish Hashem, Esmei that Hashem dried up. Now, interesting, it doesn't say that he like caused the water to flow up, it actually dried up, sort of like a Yamsuf type miracle, where not only did the water split or stop flowing down, but it actually was dry land that the Jewish people uh, crossed on. Asher Hoivish Hashem, Esmei Ayardin, Mipnei, for the Bnei Yisrael, Ad Avram, until they passed over, Vayamas Levavam, and their hearts melted, the uh, future um, battle enemies for the Jewish people, they they were terrified. Bnei and they had no more fighting spirit um, because of the Jews who had finally come to enter into the land of Israel. That's the end of the Pasuk. So too, in that uh, same Sefer Yoshua, you know, they had sent, uh, Yoshua had sent um, a couple of spies to check out what was going on. Um, Rachav Hazayna, who was the one they stayed by, Amra Shluch Yoshua, said to the um, uh, emissaries, the the spies that Yoshua had sent. She said, "Kishamanu, we heard This was they actually heard by the Yam Suf, which had happened before that, and and essentially they were so um, terror. Uh, stricken, that even from the Yamsuf, which had actually happened like 40 years earlier, they were still um, shaken up. And we heard it, and our, our hearts melted, and, and uh, the spirit, that fighting spirit of man, uh, no longer we had it. Basically, we're terrified. Now, there were three things that happened while the uh, Jewish people were crossing over, while they were still, so to speak, in the riverbeds of the uh, Jordan crossing over into Israel. Oidam Biyardin, I put a triangle on Oidam Biyardin. This is the first of three. Uh, two, four, six lines later, in the middle line it says Oidam Biyardin again. I put a triangle around that. That's number two. And five lines later, near the end of the line, is again Oidam Biyardin. All those meet while they were still in the Jordan, while the Jewish people were still in the Jordan. So here's what happened. One, two, and three. Number one. Yoshua said to the Jewish people, Do y'all should know what exactly you're, you're crossing the Jordan now? Uh, why? On the condition that you will, Tyrish uh, like Yerusha, inherit or to conquer or to expel or to drive out the inhabitants of the land from your presence, Shanamar. Like the Pasuk says, now this is back what Moshe had said they're supposed to be doing when they go into the land, them, and you should uh, inherit or drive out as Yoshve Haaretz, Mipnechem. Shenem, excuse me, Vahirashem is called Yoshve Haaretz, Mipnechem. That's in the Pasuk. Now, comma. Basically, Yeshua says, if you're going to do that, great. If not, sorry, we're basically going to all die here. Imatem Oisim Kain Mutav, fine, Imlav, and if not, then the water is going to come and drown Osichem. That's a very interesting term. My, what does it mean, Osichem? Well, it's a combination of the word Osi, the Eschem. In other words, me and you. We'll all just be drowned right now unless we understand that this is our mission. 
Another Aidan Biyardain, they were still in the, the uh, Jordan uh, River crossing over, Amalan Yoshua. And Yoshua said to them the following Heirimulachem Ish Even Achas Al Shikhmoi Lemisbashivte Israel. Uh each man on behalf of their tribe should lift up one stone on their shoulder, uh, according to the uh, numbers of the uh Shvatim of Israel. So, uh, 12 stones. These were the stones that uh, they set up underneath the legs of the Kaihanim as some sort of memorial um, for the future generations that their great 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 grandparents had indeed crossed the Jordan. Uksiv. And there's a, another puzzle that says, Lamantia Zeis Ois. So, this will be a sign, Bikir Becham, amongst y'all. Ki Yishalun Nechem Machar. When your children and grandchildren ask tomorrow, lay more saying, Ma'avonim Ha'ilacham. Hey, uh, grandpappy, what are these here rocks? Similar on him, this will be a sign for the future generation that indeed the previous generations crossed over the Jordan. Kama. Here's the third thing that happened while they were still crossing over. Amalam uh, Yoshua. Yoshua said to the Jewish people, There's, uh, This is like another set of rocks. Uh, lift, lift up for yourselves uh, from here this Jordan. Um, from the place where the Kohanim are standing, Hachain prepare, Shtemesrevanim, twelve stones, Vavartem, Oisam, Imachem, and, and pass them over with y'all, Vihinachtem, Oisam, Bimaloin, and we'll, uh, leave them in the place that we're staying tonight, Asher Talinu, by Halayla. Okay, um, Yachol, maybe they carried these stones with them each and every place, Yachol, Bechol, Malonu, Malon, question mark, no, Tamaloimar, the Pasuk concluded and said, Asher Talinu, by Halayla, the place where we are, um, tonight. Okay, that's where the stones were. Amar, Rabbi, either Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Yossi, uh, he says the following, colon, the following three, Tanoim, number one, Abba Chalafta, number two, Rabbi Eliezer ben Masya, number three, Hananiah ben Chakinoi, Amdu al Oisanavanim. They uh, stood right there and they saw those rocks, the Shia room, and they estimated, Kolachas va'achas, each one of them, Shkula Kerbaim saw, weighed approximately 40 saw. Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. Now, actually, that's the end of the Tanaic source until you get to about this spot on Lamed Hey Amad Aleph, where there's a two dots right before the lines get very, very, very wide, and that's actually like the continuation. But this, you could almost look at it as, as a, Gemara, a an enormous Gemara interruption in this Brisa. Anyway, let's get to the interruption. Ugamiri, we have a tradition. If uh, each one uh, took um, a 40 saw, we have a tradition, de teuna de madli inish lekasve, the load that a person can load up on their shoulder, if they're lifting it themselves, is tilsa one-third de te'une have, one-third of what they're actually able to carry if somebody else were to uh, load it up on them and, 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 and if they were to have some help. From this, you can uh, estimate the enormous size of that famous eshkol, a famous uh, grape cluster that the spies brought back in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu from uh, Israel. Shneemar, like the Pasuk says, Vayisa'uhu Bamot Bishnaim. They carried it uh, with a long uh, stick or long pole uh, to. Okay, now, Mimashma Shneemar, Bamot. From the very fact that they're carrying this enormous grape cluster on a pole, like you have to have two people, one at one end of the pole and one at the other end of the pole. Then what do we learn with the word in the Pasuk? They actually had two poles that they used to uh, hoist the enormous grape cluster onto and carry it. 
Amr Rabbi Yitzchak. I circled Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak actually says, uh, Tortani, the Tortani did Tortani. I, I think that's roughly translated as a heavy load and a heavy load upon a heavy load. Uh, he actually says that there were not only those two long poles carried, each one had one person at the end of it, uh, there were another two poles underneath it. The little picture that I sent was a number of different approaches. The, the picture that I drew, I, I think, is the closest thing to what uh, Rashi's trying to say, that you basically had two poles parallel to each other, and then an X of another two poles, so to speak, um, and a total of eight people carrying Hakeitzad. So then, let's see, if you had eight people to carry the huge cluster of grapes, Shmoina Nase Eshkol, eight uh, carried, eight of the spies carried the uh, huge uh, grape cluster, Echad Nasarimain, one carried the pomegranate, Echad Nasateina, one carried a fig. Yoshua and Kalev had no part of that because they understood that the reason that these enormous fruits were being brought back was to, uh, not for good purposes. Yoshua uh, Kalev, Leinasu, Klum. Now, why did they not carry anything? Colon. Two approaches. Ibayasema. The first approach is, you could say, Mishum de Chashivi, because they were the most prominent and it would be improper for them to schlep anything back. Ibayasema. Alternatively, a second approach, you could say, They understood that. Uh, what was going on with the other Maraglim. They either understood directly or indirectly. Bottom line, they didn't want to be any part of bringing back these huge fruits which were used to um, convince the Jewish people that maybe uh, the land was not uh, for their to going into. Semicolon. Uh, two approaches, Machlokas, uh, based on the uh, enormous price that we had uh, just finished. Chad, I double underline the word Chad over here. And on the Amud Bey's, on the second line in the middle, there's another Chad, I double end on that. So here's the two approaches. Chad Amar, one of the two of them, it was either Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Yisachnafka, but one of them said, Ladivrei uh, Rabbi Yehuda, Enron Rabbi Yehuda, he's the one who said that the height of the water was 12 mil. Kechaniyasan uh, Avru. When the Jewish people crossed over into the land of Israel, they didn't cross over in like a long, one long, um, either one after the other, or a bunch of them, like a long line, but rather, as they formed when they encamped in that formation, they crossed over like that into Eretz Yisrael, comma. And since the whole camp was only 12 mil by 12 mil, um, they could do that as the water piled up for 12 mil. Vladivre, and underlined here, Reb Lezer, Reb Shimon, underlined him, he says uh, that it was 300 mil tall, uh, they had plenty of time to cross, I don't know if that's one after the other, or one shave it after the other, but they could go uh, more like a snake as opposed to like a big square. That's one approach. The other one of those two, Amirahim, says, No, no, they crossed over as they had been encamping uh, every time they encamped for those 40 years in the desert. Mar, I squeal in my mar and put the 12 above that, Savar Adam Kal, that a person is pretty quick, and, you know, if they all went over quickly, they could get over in time. Kama Umar, Savar, I squiggle on the other Mar, and wrote above that 300, the one who said that the water had to pile up 300 mil, Savar Mayim Kalim. Well, water is much faster than people, and um, the first opinion obviously held that if they went over quickly, it would be enough time. Period. Now we go back to the original sending of spies, not in the time of Yoshua, but approximately 30, 38 and a half years earlier when the Jewish people had received the Torah and they were supposed to go into the land of Israel. And um, Hashem tells Moshe, Shlach lecha anashim, send. It could have just said, Shlach anashim, send. And what's the Shlach lecha? 
He told Moshe Rabbeinu, Basically what Hashem says is, I'm not commanding you to do this. The Jewish people want you to do it. Um, I'm not telling you to stop. I'm not telling you to do it. It's basically up to you. Now, think about it, so to speak, said Hashem to Moshe. Does, uh, he said Adam, so he's talking about, like, does the Lord, would choose like a, a bad portion for his own special little land, for his own special people? I don't think so. And that's how we understand the Pasuk, when it says at the beginning of Sefer Devarim, when Moshe is giving the Tochacha, it says, uh, Moshe decided to send the spies, it describes that, Vayitav be'enai hadavar, the matter seemed good in my eyes, I squeal underline be'enai, what Moshe was saying was, basically, I thought it was a good idea, but not necessarily Hashem. He didn't think it was a good idea or a bad idea, but it was sort of my choice. The Pasuk continues, um, in the original Miraglim story, and search forth for us, uh, the intention, the, the very not, let's say just not so positive intention was to search out the, now the boishas is maybe like the soft underbelly, the, the negative um, uh, parts uh, of, of Eretz Yisrael, um, now, to be Malamed's chus on the Miraglim, if we should do such a thing, but I guess we probably should, um, they probably had been living for 40 years in this uh, quasi-Olam Haba existence. They ate mon, their clothes didn't wear out, and uh, essentially, Moshe's just saying, okay, it's time for us to like go into the land, start working the land, and get really like down and dirty and physical, and maybe they felt that was, uh, maybe they felt they weren't ready for it. Either way, they, uh, their kavan was the boy shares Israel, Ksiv Hacha. How do you see that? Because the Pasuk says here, Vayach Brulano Esaretz, that's the Pasuk by the Miraglim, Ksiv Hasman says elsewhere in Isaiah chapter 24, the Chafra Halavana Uboisha Hachama. The connection between Chafra Halavana, there it's the, uh, the degradation of the moon and the embarrassment, the busha of the sun. Um, Kama. The Pasuk continues by the Miraglim story, by Midbar chapter 13, Ve'ilish Moisam. List off the names of all of the the following issue, we have as a tradition, from our forefathers. The Maraglim, the names that they have may have been the names they were given by their parents, maybe not, but they were called, whether it means they were called from the time they were born, or these are the names that the Chomish gives them. They, they were called based on what they did. Uh, so let's figure out each name. But we, loy al-sabiyadeinu, we're only able to figure out Ela'achas, one of them. Uh, one of the Miraglim was named, I underline the name, three words, Sasur ben Michael. Uh, why was he called that? Well, Sasur, that was because She-Satar, Ma'asav shal Kaddish Baruch Hu, he, he denied the Russia's word Hichish. He denied and became almost like an enemy of the uh, Rabono Shalolam. And uh, it says he was Ben Michael, well, Mich, I squiggle underlined, and separately, Kel, which is like to make uh, lowly or smush down Hashem, that's, uh, what did this uh, fellow, this one of the Meraglim do? Sha'asa atzmoi mach. We don't want to say he made Hashem, like, little, but that's, we say he made himself, but it's talking about Hashem, not atzmoi, basically, um, significantly minimized the greatness of uh, Hashem. He made him, made him weak, um, 
Rabbi Yochanan um, pipes up and says, Afanu Neemar, well, well, there's another one of them that we can um, darshan. Uh, another one of the Raghs name was, I underline three words, Nachbi ben Vafsi. He was called Nachbi. Why? What did he do? Shehichbi dvar shal He He hid... Uh, the words or the matters of Hashem, like he didn't present things as they really uh, were objectively. And uh, Vafsi, why is he called that? She um, Pisa, that's the Pei Samech, Al he kind of crushed or, or stepped on the uh, oh so generous and benevolent um, uh, attributes of the uh, Rabbeinu Shel Oilam. The Apostle continues says, Vayaluv Banegev, and they went up to the southern part of Israel. Vayavo, I underline the word Vayavo ad Chevron, and he, that's singular, doesn't say they came to Chevron, it said he came to Chevron. Who's the he? What do you mean, he? Aren't they all together? Vayavo, ooh, me by LA says the word should be, and they came to Chevron. Oh, you know why? Because they didn't all come to Chevron. Amarava, Melamed, there was only one. One of the uh, Miraglim went to Chevron, Melamed Shapirish. Who was it? None other than Kalev, who distanced himself, me'atzas Maraglim from the um, very negative intentions of the Maraglim, v'halach, and where did he go? He needed help. Where do you go and need help? He went to what we call Maras Machpela, to the um, uh, burial uh, place of the uh, forefathers of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Amrlahen, and Kalev said to them, Avoyisai, Bikshu Rachamim, Daven for me, I should have the strength to be saved from the evil plans of the Maraglim. Now, what about Yoshua? Didn't Yoshua also uh, go with Kalev? Why didn't he have to go Davin? Well, Yoshua, Moshe had already, so to speak, uh, requested mercy. Davin from Shenemar, as we know, it says in the binun. he actually um, changed his name, which is an indication of a, a change of, uh, of reality. He called him Yehoshua. Now, what's with the Yehoshua, the yud at the beginning? Ka Yoshiach HaMasim Hashem, the powerful one, should save you from the uh, negative intentions of the Meraglim. Um, and that's how we understand the um, pasuk um, that says Chevron uh, um, uh, was given to Kalev of the Kalev. He had like a different spirit and intention of goodness along with him, and that's why he got Chevron. Period. Uh, now it says uh, by the uh, um, describing the land of Israel when the Meraglim went in in um, Parsha Shlach, Visham and and who was there? Achiman, Shishai, and Talmai, uh, the three giants. Uh, I underline the name Achiman. We're going to darshan each one. Why was he called Achiman? Meyuman Shebe Achiv. He was the uh, the mightiest, the most able of his brothers, uh, like from the word uh, Yamin is right, like your right hand is stronger than your left hand. He was the strongest, the most able of the brothers. Kama Shishai, I underline Shishai. Why was he called Shishai? Shemesim Esa'aretz Ke Shechachais. He made the land like, I don't know, uh, holes when he walked. His, his, his steps were so significant, so heavy. Um, Rashi says that he doesn't really see the connection between the name and the Shechachos, but almost if you had, like, imagine a marble pillar, and you lifted it up and then slammed it down into the ground, it would make a an indentation, so too, like, uh, Shisha. And finally, Talmai, underline Talmai, She Mesimesaretz, Telamim, Telamim. He also had great... Um, uh, heaviness and weight and significance to him that he he made the land upon which he um, 
tread uh, furrows and furrows. In other words, like lower parts where he stepped down. Dover Acher, alternatively, Achiman Bana, he built Anat, Shishai built Alash, and Talmai built Talbush. Kama, they are referred to, these three, as the Yelidei Ha'anak. I underline the word anak, we're going to darshan that, that they were so tall and significant, shema'anikin chama b'koymosan. They would, it's almost like you would look at them and you would, when the sun was pretty high up in the sky, it would look almost like the sun surrounded their, their necks like a, like a necklace, um, period. Now the, um, Sukkim there in Parsha Shlach, when the Marag, the Marag, describes Chevron as Chevron Sheva Shanib Nivnesa, which literally translated probably means uh, seven years was it built before the city of Tsoan in Mitzrayim. Now it's kind of hard to imagine my Nivnesa. To understand the word Nivnesa, Ilay my squiggle on the Ilay my Nivnesa, Mamish, it was built, meaning it was built seven years before Mitzrayim. Why would that happen? Efsher, is it possible? Now we assume that. Um, Ham had built various cities for his sons. He had a number of sons. He probably would have built cities for his sons in the order of the birth of his sons. After is it possible that a person would build a uh, home or, for that matter, like a city for his young son, Kodan, before his Beno Gadol? Um, here's the order uh, that they were born. It was Kush. And then Mitzrayim. So Mitzrayim would have been have his thing built up first. And then Put and then Canaan. So it can't be that it was built like seven years before Ella, Shahisa Mevuna, Al Echad Meshiva, but so on. It was seven times more, let's say, built up more productive than so on in Egypt. Now, that's an amazing thing that Hebron was seven times more productive than so on. If you look at all of Israel, you have no more uncultivated land. Hebron is basically. Rocky, there, there's, it's, it's very hard to cultivate it. De Kivri Shikhvi, and like the proof of that is that's where uh, dead people were buried. That's where uh, graveyards are. Uh, and if you look at all the lands, the um, naturally most fertile uh, land, you don't have anywhere. Yes, it's basically Egypt. Um, like the Pasuk indicates when it says, Kagan Hashem, Karetz Mitzrayim, like the Garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, very naturally fertile, certainly around the Nile. You don't have anywhere nicer in Mitzrayim, yes, or meets so on, then so on. Dixiv, uh, like the Pasuk says, um, that when emissaries were sent to um, Egypt, the place they went, obviously would have been the nicest place, and Kihayu, but so on, Sarav, the ministers and all of the um, important government people, that's where they were. Now, you would assume then so on was like the tippy top of the top and Chevron was the icky bottom of the bottom. is seven times more productive than so on. Obviously, Chevron, uh, when it's being productive, like it should be productive. Now, is Chevron really Tarshim? We said it was Tarshim. The Chevron Tarshim have the a question. It takes about six lines to develop. It's going to seem that maybe it uh, couldn't have been. The Pasuk says, this is by Shmuel Beis, uh, by uh, David and Avshalom. It says, are by Shan at the end of the 40 years. Avshalom El Hamelach. So uh, Avshalom said to the king, Elchana, I'm going to go now um, and uh, pay off, like take care of my neder. Um, and I have to go to Hebron to pay off my ned. Now, one second. Um, why is he going to Hebron? It's not that there's a 
Mizbeach in Hebron. He must be going to Hebron for some other reason. He actually went to Hebron to get sheep from Hebron. Vitania, uh, we have a price that the best sheep in all of Israel were in Hebron. If you wanted, says the uh, little Brysa, four word Brysa, Elim, the best rams to get are from the Moab region, and the best Kfasim to get are from Hebron. So is Hebron really a rocky, totally uh, unproductive area, uh, at least uh, relative to other parts of Eretz Israel? That's where you get the best sheep from. The Gemara answers, and with this we'll conclude, that, yeah, that's exactly the point. Mina, from that you could see, uh, like in Manhattan, how many fields do you have in Manhattan? I would say, other than Central Park, which is not really a field, none, because uh, the land is so precious otherwise. If you go to upstate New York, do you have fields? Certainly you do, and, and that's the point here. I.D. de Kelisha Ara, since the land is not uh, so fertile, good for necessarily, let's say, planting fields or building cities, of the Raya, it's perfect for uh, shepherding uh, sheep, the shaman Kenaine and very uh, fat or um, um, productive are the uh, sheep that are uh, that that are brought up there in the Chevron region. Adkan.